Hello all, this is Tour Guide Tell All, and I'm Candon. In keeping with our October spooky and scandalous theme, I want to talk to you about an abandoned cemetery in Georgetown. Surprisingly, for such a small neighborhood, there are a number of cemeteries. Some are well-known, manicured, and uh, still open for burials, like Oak Hill, which we'll talk about in a future episode. And some are hidden underneath playgrounds and underneath newly built houses. But the Mount Zion Cemetery is tucked away in a far corner at the end of a dead-end road. It's bordered by Rock Creek, the far reaches of Oak Hill, and a parking lot. I went to go visit it the other day to record this episode. So I'm here at the Mount Zion Cemetery, female Union Band uh, Cemetery in northwest Georgetown. Uh, It is kind of an eerie, dreary day. It's early on a Sunday. I think... uh, Hurricane Delta, or just the rainstorm from Hurricane Delta is on its way. Uh, The cemetery is very, I mean, I'm trying to to describe it. It's very grassy. There's no walkways. There's a a worn footpath of dirt that's maybe six inches wide that kind of zigzags through. Uh, There's some tall cenotaphs. Uh, They're tilted. They're falling. Uh, There's little headstones sticking out of the grass that have fallen over. There's a couple of benches. It's a very serene and peaceful place. Uh, Just on the other side of the hill is Rock Creek. Um, But I don't think lots of visitors uh, come here. There's someone with a dog (laughs) walking through. Um, Get up closer to the headstones. It's a really pretty broken one on the ground. They're all kind of weather-worn. It's hard to read what they say. Edward Tinney, born in 1871, died 1892. Just a pile of headstones. Broken, fallen over. Looks like there once was a, a fence surrounding this part section. Um, but just the concrete post stand here. Elijah Norwood died April 1937. The headstone looks a lot older than 1937. So the cemetery today is pretty unmaintained, uh, less uh, landscaped, more like an open field, trees around it, benches, and then piles of headstones kind of tucked away in the corner. Definitely not where the folks were buried and interred. It looks like the headstones were all taken from the grounds and brought over one section and laid. You can barely read what a lot of them say. You can tell that there used to be words here, but they are weather-beaten and worn. Some of them, just the concrete slabs in the ground, you you can't tell that there were ever, ever letters inscribed in. This is actually a beautiful place with a history that ought to be remembered and preserved. Unlike many church cemeteries, this one is not near the church, or or rather churches, it was originally associated with. This three acres of fallen headstones 
is actually two separate cemeteries. Now, you can't tell that today. There's no demarcation between the two, and everything has been kind of piled together. The first cemetery was the Old Methodist Burying Ground, which was associated with the Dumbarton Methodist Church in the early 1800s. Now, this was a church which at some times had a membership that was as much as 50% black, but it was still segregated. Now, the black members of the congregation left to form the Mount Zion Methodist Church in 1816, and they would eventually take ownership of this cemetery in the late 1870s. The other cemetery here is the Female Union Band Society. Now, this was a group of free black women who joined together in 1842. In the event of sickness, a member would receive $2 a week, as well as a grave in the cemetery and $20 towards funeral expenses. The two cemeteries through the years really illustrates the contribution of black Americans to Georgetown. And this is one of the oldest remaining black cemeteries in the area, and it's the only remaining cemetery that holds a significant number of former enslaved persons. There is a belief that some of the larger crypts were part of the Underground Railroad, and while there's no documentation to confirm this, there's no reason not to believe it. Cemeteries were often used as stops along the way, and there are first-hand accounts of cemeteries in Washington, D.C. being used, even if those accounts don't specify exactly which ones. Over the years, this cemetery was neglected and fought over in the courts over who owns it, should the graves be moved and the land sold, or should the area be preserved. Today, in 2020, it is listed on the National Register of Historic Sites. There are efforts to clean and maintain it, but the years of neglect has led to some interesting stories. One local of Georgetown, a descendant of some of the people who are buried here, described what the cemetery was once like. Quote, one could see bodies sticking out of the side of Mount Zion. Soil erosion was such a problem that corpses were often exposed and unearthed from the grounds. Now, disturbed graves were not a new thing for Mount Zion, but the disturbance was not always caused by natural forces. There was a local man in Georgetown named Sam McKeever. He was once described as a, quote, huge black man close to seven feet tall with hands like shovels. He limped to one side when he walked, and he was feared by all. McKeever, his wife, and his children moved from alley dwelling to alley dwelling in the Foggy Bottom area, which is just next to Georgetown, in the late 1800s. He was officially listed as a rag dealer and laborer, but oral tradition holds that he was an infamous boogeyman, feared by children and adults alike, who acted as a body snatcher and a night doctor. As the medical community was surging with new students learning the trade, they began to run out of bodies to practice and teach on. The legal means of obtaining bodies were limited. So soon, medical schools just stopped asking where the bodies came from and accepted whatever they got. This led to a huge increase in body snatching. Sometimes people would attend a funeral during the day and come back at night to dig up the remains. You see, the medical schools needed um, fresh cadavers. This may seem like a far-fetched, rare situation, but it really wasn't. 
Take, for example, the story of John Scott Harrison. You probably haven't heard of him, but surely you've heard of his father and his son, William Henry Harrison and Benjamin Harrison, both presidents of the United States. So at John's funeral, the family noted that the grave next to his had been robbed. His son, also named John, so brother to Benjamin Harrison, went to report this, and the next day went with the detective to a nearby medical school to inquire if the body had been sold there. So they're at the medical school, and they find this covered body who the janitor admitted to buying from grave robbers. Now, it wasn't the right size or shape to be this missing grave from next to the Harrison crypt, but just to be sure, John lifted the cloth to check, and lo and behold, it was the body of his father, John Scott Harrison, who had just been buried less than 24 hours before. With the prevalence of grave robbers, cemeteries started to employ night watchmen, lock the gates, any means to protect those resting in peace. So body snatchers, like Sam McKeever, had to change course. Night doctors, as they were called, would stalk victims walking alone at night. A quick snap of the neck and they had a new body to sell to the medical school. There is even a tale that one night in 1907... Sam McKeever saw a lonely, poor washerwoman walking down a dark alley. That was too good an opportunity for a body to sell. So he reached out and grabbed her, taking her life before bringing her into the light to realize it was his own wife. McKeever was noted as one of the most professional body snatchers until his death in 1918. And where might he be buried, you may ask? Well, tradition has it in an unmarked grave right here in Mount Zion Cemetery. At least, that is where they put his body. Who knows how long it remained here. Body snatching became less of a risk, but that didn't mean the graves were left alone. As you reach the top of the hill that leads down to Rock Creek, there are crypts built into the side of the hill. This is where runaway enslaved persons may have hidden on their journey north. And more recently, this has become an induction ritual for satanic cults, or more likely teenage cliques, to spend the night alone in the crypt. Our Wicked Georgetown walking tour ends here, where we leave you in an abandoned cemetery at night as the tour finishes. We always make that joke, but this is really where our tour ends. We're not brave enough to walk in there at night ourselves anymore. Not after that time that Kaylee walked her group down there to find the crypt door open and someone looking at them from within. Today, you could easily walk by and not realize this cemetery is here. On my visit, there was a dog walker and someone using it as a shortcut to get to their destination. Few, if any, visit to pay respects. And no one is now stealing bodies. At least, we hope. This is Tour Guide Tell All, a podcast from the guides of free tours by foot, Washington, D.C. Want to hear more? Help support us by becoming a patron. Our patrons get special perks like tonight, they'll get a video I took walking around Mount Zion Cemetery the other day. And if you're local or coming to D.C., come see us in person on one of our walking tours. 